Tonight on the podcast, it's total new year, new you, as we talk about the Flash reaching Dark Knight status, a U.S. representative being sworn in on a copy of Superman 1, James Gunn getting ready to lay out his roadmap, Jeremy Renner's freak accident. We have all this and so much more and a brand new 2023 episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast coming at you right now. It is Friday night in Phoenix and all you beautiful people out there in the chat on YouTube and all you beautiful people listening on a Monday are locked into the best damn podcast in all the land, the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm mad. I am Lance. We are double teaming this, DPing this bitch this week as <laughs> JP couldn't be here and Ish's internet has taken him hostage and we're not willing to pay the ransom. So <laughs> so you said all the beautiful people out there, but Joe Doolin is in the chat. Yeah, so. he's, he's one of the beautiful people out there. <laughs> Joe, who's your avatar this week? Oh, help me be human. Okay, good job. 9.30 is a suggestion, not a hard start, right? Can I blame Lance on this one again? No, you can blame this one on me. This one was all, all me. Um, I was here. He was here. He felt like Mr. Important, where he was like, I had a message and what, uh, no show tonight. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> oh. And then I remembered memo. Oh, we're not that yeah, organized. Yeah, we're not that organized. We can't even start on time. <laughs> No, I had to run and get food for my family. Uh, it took a little bit longer than I thought it was going to, so that's on me. But we're the here. Joys of being a family man. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You gotta feed the kid, right? I've used that excuse several times, I think, for this show. <laughs> my kid, who is one week to the date away from being one years old, I'm almost, I've almost survived my first year with a kid, man. You're doing good. So, the only problem is you didn't make it a year before getting a cat. Yeah, well, listen, the cat was not, and I repeat, was not my idea. <laughs> I fought it to the bitter end. And then and my lost. wife was like, do you like vagina? And I was like, yes, ma'am. She was uh -huh. like, do you like mine? I said, well, I married you, so yes, ma'am. And she said, if you ever <laughs> want to see mine again, you'll let me get a cat. And I said, yes, ma'am. So take my oh, man well, card, pull it away. Welcome to marriage. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. But, you know, I can't shy away when I was like, I don't think I'm about to buy a $2,000 comic book. And she was like, well, as long as you got the money, she didn't She didn't tell me no. So I can't fight too hard, even though I'm not really. I'm a big fan of pussy. I'm just not a big fan of cats. So <laughs> I'm just bummed. <laughs> yes, I agree, Joe. Cats are just animals that are waiting for you to die, to die so they can eat your crops. But, but the big win in this. Is my cat is named after a character in a Kevin Smith movie? See, I liked the other names that you suggested. Orange Chicken. Yeah, and then what was the other one? Um, I can't remember. Orange Chicken is Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Oh, Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> she is a cute cat though, but no, it, it's uh, it's named Gertie, and it, we named the cat Gertie from uh, the little girl in Jersey Girl. So. I, I, again, 
I campaigned hard for Boo Boo Kitty fuck. <laughs> but then she tried to throw things in in front of it so we could like call it this other thing in instead of boo boo kitty fuck and i was like it, it's got to be boo boo kitty fucked on this i will not bend well the good mm. news is so she she got to name the cat what she wanted so you get to name the next kid and it could be yeah. boo boo kitty fuck <laughs> that's <laughs> i'm just saying lister feed was lister fiend was on the in the running if it was a boy i would have went with lister fiend and pillow she tried to talk me to get two she was like we should get two and name them pillow pants and lister fiend and then they, we can have two cats i was like no i'm good <laughs> how's I, your I dog about berserker uh, but she's a it's a girl so you how's know. your dog taken to it um you know like about as well as a piss in a windstorm <laughs> she had a cat when we first got together that recently passed this year so he's kind of used to cats but it's just like He's still not. He he wants to play. He wants to play with her. He thinks so. You know, it's it's another dog. He doesn't understand that he's so big and she's so little, and so he's it's an adjustment. But yeah, Berserker is a good a good suggestion. Joe's doing that. So maybe next time. But what about you, man? What how was your your New Year's? Did you do anything fun? It was good, man. Just any resolutions? Whole family, the whole family thing and. Did some little, you know, what Arizona's poor excuse for fireworks in the backyard and and uh, sparklers. Arizona's and poor excuse. What are you talking about? My neighborhood sounded like I was in a war zone. Oh, those are all illegal. <laughs> uh, like I'm here and I'm just like, oh, I'm glad my neighbors are celebrating 8:42 p.m. Because <laughs> like, no, it those those you got to go out of state to get. They don't sell them here. We we have a law in Arizona that that the fireworks can't go over like four or five feet or something like that. But I think on new year's it's just so hard to prosecute that everybody just can do it. Hey, ish. Welcome. I'm glad your internet freed you from its hostages long enough for you to join the chat. <laughs> Joe's duel and said, my wife worked for a vet. And when I heard the term feline AIDS, I said, we'd, we'd never have a cat. Well, you know, I don't know what to say to that. How do you respond to something like feline, feline AIDS? AIDS? I have you no know? idea. Well, way to really spice up the show there, Joe. Feline <laughs> AIDS. Uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> we were supposed to go to a murder mystery at my buddy Cole's house, who was one of my groomsmen. And Logan got sick and had a 100.7 degree fever and so we stayed home and had a little bit of leftover wine from our wedding at midnight and had some ice cream and just chilled out. So it was a nice little New Year's Eve at home, I guess. Uh, that's what you got to get used to being a, a parent, right? Yeah, sometimes kids derail derail Everything. things. <laughs> Ish says, my internet has AIDS. <laughs> but you didn't make any big New Year's resolutions? Uh, No, I don't really believe in new year's resolutions like that year that i lost all that weight i deliberately waited until like two weeks after new year's just so i didn't have that stigma of new year's resolution on it uh so someone is pissed outside <laughs> yeah one of your kids is like screaming bloody murder um but uh 
yeah so i mean if i do have one it's just to get in shape again covid kind of fucked everything up i lost 70 pounds pre-covid covid hit never left my desk gained it all back um so i'm hoping this year i deliberately started like around christmas Oof. sorry to hear that joe that sucks Oh yeah, I had it New Year's last year. My sister had it Christmas last year. Well, 2021, and uh, it sucks, man. It's the worst time of year to get it. But I mean, that's when you're all with your family and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So that uh, sounds about right when you're going to be more susceptible to it. That's good, man. My New Year's resolution is to try to finally get this stupid channel past a thousand subs. I'm tired of clicking up and then losing and then clicking up and then losing. We got to get past a thousand subs this year. Maybe going to try and get more content on the channel. Try and basically this is my, my big push after this. I don't know if I can't, if I can't make that big push this year after this, I'll have to see what happens, but. Oh, you can see what this year brings. You'll never quit it. (sighs) Okay. You're a lifer. (sighs) Okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But. <laughs> I don't know, push. man. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I would love to get, you know, that big push. But just like 69mega.com says, fill your life with emotions. Find love. And we're going to go ahead and uh, find love by booting you the fuck out of here. Bye-bye. Nobody likes a quitter. That's right. Said every tobacco agency and uh, beer company in, in the world, right? But exactly. You know, uh, I'm not quitting. I'm just saying, like it's it's a long. I, I just gotta finally focus up and put everything I have into to growing this this little butt baby of mine. Butt baby. <laughs> yeah. Butt baby. But, oh man but i hope everyone else had a good safe new year's i hope you guys are all having a great 2023 already um yeah for me it didn't start out great uh logan was sick thought i broke my foot because i kicked the door jam to a room when i was walking out from picking her up from a nap um those are big so boy problems big boy problems yep it happens but yeah my wife makes fun of me because i think i've sprained my toes or fucking hit my shoulder on a door jam and they're they're big guy problems yeah well yeah let's call them big feet problems yeah dude i got a size 13 and i i know shit 15 and a half brother for real yes sir it's hard for me to find shoes yeah when after i feel like after 11 it's a pain in the ass to like you find a pair of shoes that you yes. like and then nothing yes sir but um we are slowly rolling out all new branding for the year if you've noticed our icons we've got new branding um we're gonna hopefully have new intros we're gonna have try to do everything up new here in, in 2023 and new collaborations looking for new people to come on the show looking for new people to participate whatever whenever any way we can to make a better product for you our beautiful supporters. I think I, I think I've got an friends. animator on the, on the, on the, uh, on the line, man. So we'll see how that turns yeah. out. Is it? Does yeah. his name rhyme with Lance? Rhyme with Chance? No. 
his name rhymes Lance's sister. <laughs> uh, all right. No, I'm not. Well, it's getting... I'm a drawer, not an animator. You're that a tracer. Tedious. I do not trace. Tracer. I do not trace. Tracer. All right. Well, let's get into a little bit of geek news here tonight. In geek news, fuck yeah, show. Lions gonna run, run the thing, run it, run it. Cardi, Cardi West coming in hot with it. I'm a grower, not a shower. We got to get Kenny back on. Ish, we'll get Kenny back on as soon as your internet isn't AIDS. <laughs> as Geek. soon as it's Magic Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> you tell him, Lucas. I mean, Hartman. <clears throat> All right, big story tonight. Warner Brothers reportedly has Dark Knight-level hopes for The Flash. According to Variety, studio insiders are enthusiastic about The Flash as they were about as, as they were about Christopher Nolan's highly successful Dark Knight trilogy. The positive outlook is due to the film's focus on a multiverse and the fact that it's bringing two beloved Batman actors and their respective um, iterations of The Dark Knight back to the big screen. Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck these factors have proven popular among audiences in recent years, i.e. that's pretty much a nod to Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. That people want to see these different iterations of these characters on the screen together, sharing time, doing dances, giving each other little HJs or ZJs or B Batman Js or Robin Js or whatever Js you're going to give each other. But people sound excited to see Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck go, your mother's name was Martha. My mother's name was Martha. Did we just become best friends? Do you want to fight crime in the alley? Do you want to touch tips? There's so much room for activities. Do you want to raise Batmobiles? So, It's my favorite scene of that movie. Where they stack the bunk beds. (laughs) The Flash (laughs) being, do we see the Flash hitting Dark Knight level? No. Because two words, James Gunn. He's already come out and said that it's being rebooted. I think people are going to attribute this to the old regime. You know, it's, I mean, even before the the reviews started coming out for Black Adam, people just didn't go see it. You know what I mean? It's, you you uh, don't think that this movie could be looked at as a standalone verse now? Like, you don't think that because of the events that happened, this movie is apparently testing off the charts with audiences, test audiences. Well, so you don't think that like it could spawn its own little universe, much like the Dark Knight did, and be separate from whatever James Gunn is going to try to do. We'll see. I mean, I think the the simple fact of Ezra Miller's name being attached and he's going to be in the promo material and everything he has going on with him, I think, kind of spoils it a little bit. But he's been good. He's getting help. He's understanding his mistakes. He's 
Oh, you and I know that. Actions, but I mean, but I don't know, like, as my wife. I just think it's dark. Dark Knight had the general. I I always attribute it back to the general audience, right? Like the general audience has to be on board with it. I thought JP wasn't coming on. That's what he said, but maybe he changed his mind. Change your mind, buddy. Yeah, I got I got a little bit of time, so I figured I'd just pop on and say hi and check in oh, with awesome. y'all. So uh I think you you know for for these kind of movies to hit that status, right? The No Way Home, the fucking Dark Knight, like that end game, you know, that that upper tier echelon status when it comes to to these superhero properties, the general audiences have to be have to buy in. And first of all, I don't know if Ben Affleck, as much as I love him, as much as Matt loves him, right? We both love and JP. I'm I'm assuming for JP, but I know I loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't know if he's the same draw as Tommy McGuire is as a former Spider-Man. Does that make sense? Michael Keaton, maybe. But I think that Warner Brothers has just dicked around their fans so much that I'm I'm almost thinking James Gunn, when his stuff comes out, there needs to be like a two, three year break between any DC properties. Just to between, get the bad taste out of people's mouth. So before any James Gunn movie comes out, we need two or three years. I think so. Because I, I, I think people are just going to constantly contribute it to... The Snyder stuff, the DCU. I don't think general audiences are going to be able to differentiate why Ezra Miller's in this one and it could potentially go forward, whereas he was in Justice League and all that stuff. I think I think that that's what really kind of stifled Black Adam a little bit. Unless they answer those questions in this movie, unless where this movie starts and where it ends are two vastly different. Um, you know, areas and they completely reboot everything to where he, maybe he's no longer even in the, the same universe or multiverse as Ben Affleck's Batman or Keaton's Batman. He's in his own little flash verse and he can kind of flash off wherever he wants. So to speak. Yeah. But I, I, I think that that can't happen with this person attached to the role. He hasn't had an incident since he uh, got he professional help. He, he hasn't, but I mean, his incidents that he did have were pretty, oh, pretty you bad. know, pretty bad. Hey, listen, he's got mental health. My wife constantly tells me anybody who has mental health deserves a second chance. Give him a second chance. Like, you don't think Ezra deserves that second chance from us to? I think people that with, help to. I think people with mental health issues deserve second chances. Absolutely. However. He hurt people. That's that's my that's my one difference between a standard. He, he hurt kids too. That's my difference between having mental health issues and hurting kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a difference there. And and mental health, as big of a of an issue as it can be for some people, it still doesn't give you. I mean, if somebody with mental health issues hurts somebody they're still going to prison or they're still going to, they're still going to mental health facility. They're still, they're still um, at the, at the beckoning or uh, at the, um, they're still at the, the disposal of the legal system, right? 
he hurt kids. So, yeah, I hope he gets help and I hope he gets better. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, yeah, he's proven until he's proved he's innocent until proven guilty. But in this culture, I mean, any news comes out. I mean, look at Chris Hardwick, man. Chris Hardwick was proven innocent, apparently. And his career still went down the tubes. How about the guy, um, the Bush guy from whatever, what what news channel? That's all of us on this show, JP. Am I right? Bush guys. (laughs) That's right. Bush League. The guy who made the comment with Trump years ago, and he got somehow got swept under the rug or it went away. Oh, Billy Bush. Billy Bush. Bush. So now it came out again that he said something off. I didn't read the whole article, but something, something off. He said something on a hot mic that was, you know, sexual and innuendo and in nature or whatnot. So it was that whole grab him by the pussy comment. Right. So he said that in 2016, but he said something recently. They caught him on a hot mic. So it wasn't that he was innocent. He had one bad. It was one bad event for him. It was another one just came up with just like Ezra. It wasn't one thing. Another thing came up. So. You know, sometimes you got to give people a second chance, but if they step on it, then I, yeah, I don't know. The, I'm not... the difference between Billy Bush and, and Ezra Miller is I don't think mental health is. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, we got rubbed underneath the rug there, and, and then it came back. His true self came out. So Ezra's true self will probably come out again. I don't want to miss the flash any further. Let's just move on, you know, from that. From that. If they're going to – this multiverse movie has probably a really good chance of resetting everything somehow either at end credit scene or or during the movie and wipe the slate clean and be able to move on from that this should be the last movie of 2023 not not middle movie it should come out before aquaman just so that they can wipe the slate clean and start fresh next year in my opinion brown destroyer love the name said there's a high chance the flash movie <clears throat> of the flash movie being a total flop i wonder what would happen to james gunn if Flash movie flops, because WB tends to discard everything after a flop movie. I don't think anything's going to happen to him because it's not part of his plan. This has nothing to do with him. This was pre him. I think he's completely safe from whatever. I do too. The Flash does. He I agree. Used to say WB has consistently did this whenever a movie flops or didn't do one billion, which is ridiculous. Now is this movie going to have? I'm sorry if I missed some of it, but it's going to have Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton. Yes, correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm seeing it just for those reasons alone. But that I saw Black Adam for Henry Cavill, and I'm, now I'm pissed I did. <clears throat> so, I mean, it might be the same thing if they're just gonna if they flash do a, him like the screen, flash him on the screen, or if they kill him off, just like in Multiverse of Madness, where Reed Richards and all that crew got killed off. I mean, it was cool to see it, and it'd definitely be cool to see two Batmans in the same movie. But it, it really has—I don't know if it has any bearing in the future. I, I'm hoping there's some connection that they'll establish somehow. Uh, but we'll, time will tell. But I think it's a good. We have they have a good chance to really reset everything with this movie if it's done right. Not that they need to continue with any of these actors, but they can really reset the universe for those of us that care about continuity. Yeah, I don't. I really don't see continuity in this universe anymore. No, but I'm saying they can say we reset everything, and that's why this new universe took over, and that's why Blue Beetle. That's why. Lobo, whoever they're going to bring in through James Gunn, but it can be a clean break in that sense. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to seem awkward like it's just a, a bad editing job. It was, you know, can they can go off in the sunset, the old crew, and then here we go. Yeah. 
I say um, cheers to that little high life, little champagne of beers. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been uh, a rough day in, in PA today, huh? You couldn't make it to the party store to get some real beer. <laughs> they were out of it. Everyone was getting the good stuff today. I had stuff yeah. with this. About, about, got about the equivalent of walking in your bathroom and pissing in a bottle. <laughs> it's not bad. I, to, I like this stuff. I, I, I had this for uh, New Year's Eve, like I said. It was champagne of beers. The champagne of beers. Um, one, one, one finger up, right? Brown Destroyer, I see your comment here. You continued on further by James Gunn. I'll come back to that. Um, I'll come back to this this comment in a, in a little bit because we do kind of have a discussion about that later on in Geek News. So we'll stick with that. Um, uh, Joe Doolin says, long of the short, no one cares about continuity if there's going to be two to three year gap until we go until guns films. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's at least a year. Well, maybe two because we're gonna get Shazam and Aquaman this year. And this year, I believe, and I think that ends your that ends your Snyderverse stuff. Well, Aquaman, Flash, and Shazam this year, so that's gonna end your your um, Snyderverse stuff. And then you got to think probably, yeah, probably not till early twenty twenty five before we see anything from Gun. But you're gonna have Other Blue than, Beetle. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Blue Beetle. So that's not so, yeah. part of Gun, but it, but it, I heard he's gonna try to. He might keep the Flash. I don't. And Blue Beetle and Shazam. So like, there's some. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like this Flash movie could at least establish something to connect it somehow. I don't know that we we need it, but you know maybe it makes better sense if he can do it that way. Recast them all. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, moving on to our next story. U.S. representatives swearing into Congress will include a Superman number one. When newly elected California Congressman Robert Garcia swears his oath to be admitted into the United States House of Representatives, he will be doing so on a copy of the United States Constitution, but he will also be including three items underneath the Constitution that have personal meaning to him, including a copy of 1939 Superman number one. Garcia announced on his social media account that he will be swearing in on a copy of the U.S. Constitution, but he will also be including underneath the Constitution a copy of his citizenship certificate. Garcia was born in Lima, Peru, before before moving to the United States with his mother when he was five, a photo of his mother and stepfather who sadly passed away from COVID, and a copy of Superman number 1 from 1939, the first issue of Superman's solo ongoing series after his first appearance as a feature in Action Comics starting in 1938. His tweet went out to say, okay, I'm all I'm freaking out. This is a uh, congressional members reading room in the Library of Congress. I can pull any comic books from what is the largest public comic collection in the country and read them. Here we go. <clears throat> and he puts uh-huh. a picture of Superman number one in Amazing Fantasy 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man. And says, I'm going to have a hard time deciding which one to check out first. That's super sick, in my opinion, that we have someone that's such a comic book fan. Yeah, we should get him on the show in Congress. Absolutely, right? That's awesome. Get him in Congress. I mean, regardless of your political stance or side or belief or whatever, you just gotta celebrate that. You know, the people who were made fun of in high school. He's definitely from that generation that was probably picked on in high school for this kind of stuff. Is you know, killing it in the the real world and in real times. I guess you would say, but. 
awesome. that's super stoked that he's going to swear in on a copy of Superman. And now all he's got to do is fight to get uh, Superman's model restored to truth, justice, and the American way. That would be nice. But super awesome. stoked for that. Here we go. James Gunn confirms partial DCU slate announced for January. <laughs> Joe's doing says, what an effing nerd. So, um, <clears throat> a number of projects that make up James Gunn and Peter Safran's multi-year plan for the revamped DC Studios will be announced before the month of January is out. On Twitter, a fan inquired about a recent report from Variety, which implied that Gunn and Safran interconnected vision for the newly crested DC universe currently only covers three years. The report also stated that Warner Brothers executives are open to the idea of keeping Ezra Miller on board as the DCU's Barry Allen slash The Flash, despite the actor's numerous controversies. Gunn replied, I don't know what's out there about Ezra, but our slate is eight to ten years, but we'll only be announcing some of it this month. In the same thread, Gunn debunked reports that the character of Wonder Woman would be absent from the new DCU for its first three years. So going back to the comment, I said we were going to pin from uh, Brown Destroyer. He says, James Gunn has been flip-flopping already. His first mention that he's going to be giving a clear plan for fans on January 6th, but they changed that now. It's telling me that Gunn is confused. I don't, I've, I haven't seen an actual date. All I've seen is, uh, is the, the say that it's going to be sometime in January. I, if if you saw an extra date, that's that's cool. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just saying I have not personally seen that. So I I don't think he's I haven't I haven't seen a date. I think he's just he's under so he's under a microscope, dude. Like he's under so much scrutiny. Like scrutiny. Like all eyes are on him right now. All eyes are on him. And that's why I keep saying every time we talk about this. Every time you know. I bring up, he's got to come out with a bang. He knows all eyes are on him. He's got to come out with a bang. He's got to come out strong, out of the gate. That's why I think he's not going to leave it to chance and let somebody else direct it, unless they're like a big-time director. I think he helms the first D, the first movie under his, his new DC line. I think it's going to be a, a big in. A, you know, it's going to be some big boys. I, I've heard that he wants to use more obscure characters. Um, there's lots of, there's so much floating around. It's lots of Taco Lobo. Yeah. Yeah. The only date Matt sees is the one with his wife. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, there's a lot of, you gotta be careful there. Cause there's so much information around this flying around that nobody really knows other than James Gunn and the, the head honchos over at Warren brothers. What's real and what's not. What I Let's think is what... cool is that he's come out and said that he's him and Peter Safran are the guys like they don't have to answer anybody. And that's kind of what I felt like Kevin Feige, what what is his strength for so many years. But he also proves in this that his ears, his ears are open. He hears what people are saying and he's not shying away from setting the record straight. Like he's really not shying away from what everyone's saying. He's been pretty upfront as far as like. The handling of the Gal Gadot stuff, the handling of, you know, yeah, Henry Cavill and kind of everything that's gone on, all the controversies that have been surrounding. He's been at the forefront saying, listen, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what's going on. This is what I'm doing. This is what my plan, you know, he's been very cut and dry about it as much as he probably contractually can about what they're going to do. And we just got to kind of wait and see what that first 
you know, five, six movies or, you know, whatever we're going to get is that announced is going to be about like the other cool thing about this is that he's so close to Kevin Feige that he has somebody that's been through it all that he can kind of like call up and ask for advice or or whatever you know what i mean like he he has kind of a confidant that you know to to kind of he's not going in it super blindly does that make sense yeah it's hard to be any more blind to the subject material and source material than what the old regime regime at dc was so oh yeah i mean i just there's so it's I feel bad for the dude in some instances because there's so much hype around him taking this position and him taking over DC and what he's gonna do. Like listen, Marvel shit all over this dude. You you know, Lance was just talking about Ezra Miller's allegations and what happened to Chris Hardwick and you know it, it I mean the Chris Hardwick still thing still baffles me. I still think it's cause he was he went from the douchey McDoucherson on singled out and then all of a sudden became like this Uber nerd. So I think that's whatever that's for a different, a different time and place, but it's like James Gunn got shit on by Marvel and Disney. Like he had those allegations from years ago come out and you know, where he said some shit and he got me too. And they dumped him without even looking into it. Yeah. They dumped him and then rolled him back. So Kevin Feige played a big role in that getting. Yeah. But, and the cast of guardians. You guys kind of, he got burned by Marvel. So it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he want to take this role, but it's just going to, I think time's going to tell. I think we all just got to, we can sit here. That's what we do, right? Right. We, we sit here on a, a show every week or multiple shows every week. And we think because we have a microphone in front of our face that we're, you know, everyone's going to listen to our opinion and everyone has their own opinion and ours are just the loudest because we're on microphones, but you know, say your piece, but keep an open mind about it. Cause who knows? He could surprise you. My my worry, as I've stated before, is James Gunn can surprise you. He can come off. We've seen it with Guardians, uh, Suicide Squad. He can come out of the gate and surprise you. But after a little bit, the James Gunn effect takes in. And it it kind of loses its steam and muster and repetitiveness. So I think I, I'm interested to see how Guardians 3 plays. If Guardians 3 comes out and it's a smash that's going to do a lot to propel people's hype for him coming into the DCU. Look, 69mega.com wants to find love. They're they're stiked for James Gunn. So we're going to go ahead and, and put them in the special VIP section. <laughs> but um, James, or Round Destroyer says, so Robert Pattinson will be Batman in the DCU or not? Gal Gadot looks older than Robert Pattinson's Batman. A new cast would have been better. Gun himself confusing fans with total reboot or soft reboot. So Gal Gadot's out. That's it. Total reboot. Henry Cavill's out. That's it. They're going. He already said we're going younger with Superman. We're we're you know Wonder Woman. They're going to go younger with Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot sounds like she's made her peace with it and she's done anyway. Also, the Robert Pattinson Batman has nothing to do with with James Gunn's universe. Nor would Matt like, Reeves allow it to be. Yeah, he, you know, they, they, there was talk there that they were going to hand this thing over to Matt Reeves, and that didn't work out for some one reason or another. 
but he's focused on building his Batman universe and his universe is separate. So whatever Matt Reeves decides to do with the Batman, I'm sure James Gunn has a little bit of say so as far as like, just like Kevin Feige does, as far as like that doesn't con- you know make sense. That doesn't make sense to this character. That doesn't make sense to the core values of the character. That doesn't make sense to the continuity. I'm sure he has that kind of input but- when he's reading through the script, but ultimately that's separate. Just like the Joker, just like Todd Phillips and the Joker stuff is separate from anything else that's going on at DC. Well, think about the Sony universe and most of the stuff that they've done has been part of, or some connection to Marvel, or I think Kevin Foggy has, I don't think he has a say in it, but I think there's some connectivity. Only the the Spider-Man and Venom stuff because of their use of Peter Parker in the MCU. But I don't think it makes sense for, for a studio like Warner brothers or Marvel and Sony to take a character that's huge in like Batman and go this completely different direction and then have, you know, two teams running at the same time. Like I don't, I don't think that makes sense for that studio to have this one Batman universe versus the other one. Like if James Gunn's not even going to bring Batman, Batman in, then that's fine. But it's kind of weird to have the same studio promoting one universe and then the other. It just because they're they're kind of they're kind of marketing as like an Elseworlds type thing. Like because Joker's not going to be in this. Uh, the, the Joker's not part of the Batman universe, right? You're not yeah, the Joker, the the Todd Todd Phelps Todd Phelps. Yeah, but I mean, if I don't know, do you do you want you want Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker? Then you're going to have the the guy from. I don't know if this will still happen, but the guy from the Eternals is supposed to be the next Joker. If that's going to happen, in the Matt Reeves, oh yeah, movie. that movie's already being filmed. So then you got two different Jokers. It, it, I don't know. I just don't understand why you'd want to. No, I don't well, think it is, Lance. I don't think there's any. As far as I've heard, there hasn't been any movement. Like they're still working on a script. They haven't even started filming. Oh or, really? Yeah. It just seems awkward to, to or for me, it just doesn't seem like. Um, know you're making sense it's kind of like monetary and fiscal policy They're, they should go in and and sink at some point to help your economy one way or the other and warner brothers should try to make some distinct universe to help propel what we're doing what they're trying um, to do brown Destroyer says james gunn himself said in twitter that he never said gal gadot wonder woman is being rebooted so what conclusion can we even take so he says it right here it says in the same thread, Gung debunked the rumors that the character of Wonder Woman would not would be absent from the new DCU for the first three years. They're not saying that Gal Gadot is going to play Wonder Woman. They're just saying Wonder Woman is not Wonder Woman. They're not you know the rumors of Wonder Woman not being in their initial first three year plan of DC is not correct. So Wonder Woman will be there, but it's not going to be Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. I think that's the big thing everyone's got to take away from this. You got to let go of your Snyderverse characters. You got you got to let go of Gal Gadot. You got to let go of Ezra Miller. Well, again, because I think the Flash. If you if you got a winner, don't you keep that winner? Yeah, but regardless of what, obviously, it's a winner. Regard, no, Wonder (laughs) Woman eighty five eighty four was not a winner. It wasn't, but the character itself for post COVID, it did. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. And, it was and released. Not, it was re, it was simulcast to the theaters and HBO Max on the same day. But it's not. Uh, it didn't cross the threshold. We what do we learn in all this? You need to make triple the the yeah, number the, yeah, it but made they, to make the movie. But that movie came out during COVID, 
and the movie theaters weren't open. That's why it was open. I, that's why I have yeah, HBO Max. The, the I got rules it are different for that movie. one. So I don't, I don't know why you say that, why, why they would say that for Wonder Woman or with Affleck as Batman. It just seems like they're picking Ezra Miller, who had the most problems, and the Flash movie hasn't even been made yet. Aquaman did the best. Why not just keep him? There's not even, but that's what I'm saying, is that nobody has said Ezra Miller is sticking around. Not to mention that, the, but he said the, he's not in that report. There just said he's not opposed to. No, right, so DC executives have said they're not opposed to keeping Ezra Miller around, and James Gunn said, "I don't know what's going on with Ezra, but this is what I'm going to tell you: is that it's going to be eight to ten years, <clears throat> yada yada yada." So, honestly, I think unless listen, if he cleans up his act and he has no more issues, and The Flash comes out, and it's a massive movie, and they can build their own universe, kind of like The Dark Knight did with just The Flash, more power to him. I don't think, I really don't think James Gunn's road map that he's going to come out with, other than maybe like doing The Justice Friend or something, I think he's going to go obscure. I think he's going to go more obscure, unknown DC characters, and ease his way into it. And I don't. That's is, the is Marvel it really, plan. Is it really bad if there's no Wonder Woman in three years? Is it really bad no. if there's no Superman? No. Is it really bad if we don't have a Batman in this universe for X amount of years? Like they've come out and said there's going to be one definitive Batman. So, but you can still tell that's the the thing about the the character of Batman is he's got such a plethora of history. You can let someone like Todd Phillips do a movie in his own universe at a different time in his life in the early years of Batman. And you can let, you could even keep going if you want to do with Affleck and have an older Batman. The fact of the matter is, is like what tells me is that they're going for a complete reboot here is the fact that they walked away from a potential of a Batman beyond movie with Michael Keaton as old man, Bruce Wayne, a fucking you might as well print money at that point. That's a billion dollar movie. They walked away from it and said, we're not interested. That tells me that they're gonna, it, it's a complete reset as far as his universe goes. And they're open. This All this tells me is that well, we're open to just doing more Flash stories in the standalone universe. Who, who knows what's going to happen in Flashpoint? Everything's going to get erased and when universes are going to get wiped out. Who knows? But but couldn't you have done a Batman Beyond and instead of the, I mean, you already put the money into the Flash movie, make it a one and done. But why couldn't you do something with um, the Batman Beyond with Keaton and all that? It would have made a ton of money and you could have done a reset with that movie too, somehow. Exactly. And they walked away from it. They said, no, thanks. Because they don't understand the characters. They don't understand what we want. Apparently. I, I don't, I don't get why you're going to keep the Flash, keep the, that that whole universe keep Ezra and get rid of Affleck and El Godot and um, Henry Cavill and get rid of Keaton that movie. <laughs> I just you're, you're I mean I it's not I don't know if James Gunn is running the ship on that part of it, but I I, I think he has great eye for the the lesser characters to make them prominent. But the, the, they had good people before. Why you, you chose the bad apple out of the whole group? I don't get that. I think right now at this point. They're gonna have with with the merger and them canceling movies. There's 
they're taking the, they're looking at a couple billion dollar hit. So I think they're gonna push whatever hits. If Aquaman, if Flash comes out and it's a and it's a beast and it's it does it great, you're gonna get more Flash with Ezra. If Aquaman comes out, you might get a standalone Aquaman universe. Same with they're kind of already showing you that. They've given you the, the I mean, they've given you the standalone Matt Reeves Batman. You've gotten the standalone Todd Phillips Joker, as far as we know. Right now, Blue Beetle is not connected to this unit to these movies in any way. So, call Blue Beetle standalone. I think DC could actually top on that and just do standalone movies where they don't need a connected universe. You want to do a Justice League movie? Just do a Justice League movie. You don't have to have show them all come together and and try to tie it all in. Just have them be there. Start a conflict where they're already there. Like. That's it. You don't need to connect this stuff. And they could be different from Marvel. You don't need to follow the Marvel formula. You can give us something different. People people are already showing us, showing these you know, these executives that with how well the Batman did, with how well the Joker did, that people will go see these standalone movies. You don't need this giant overarching connected universe where 10 years, to, uh, 12 years down the line, it's going to start getting sloppy like we're seeing with Marvel. Yeah. It's, I mean, Marvel you got Superman. The original Superman slot. movie did so well, right? What's that? I said the original Superman movies did well. I mean, I guess one and two, three and four different story. The Batman yeah. did well. Then it got sloppy when it got too far into it. And then the Man of Steel movie wasn't connected. And you had the uh, the Dark Knight. So they had, they've had nothing but stand, stand, standalone movies since the beginning for DC. And when they tried to do connectivity, it, it didn't it didn't work for them. Well, I mean, like, look at the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight trilogy stood alone on its own two feet. The Dark Knight trilogy trilogy is the reason why we have this universe. You know, it, Christopher Nolan was an executive producer on The Man of Steel, and so you know they did so good with this universe. They're like, well, let's take Man of Steel. Man of Steel, by all accounts, a lot of people enjoy that movie. So they were like, oh, well, we're just going to build this universe off the back of that and off back of Nolan's verse. And that's kind of where we started getting this darker and grittier stuff from. And then, you know, it just Scott Snyder ran with it and or not Scott Snyder, but Zack Snyder ran with it. So I'm just saying that standalone stuff isn't, um, isn't a bad idea. No. Gunn said it was going to be a shared universe, not a standalone universe. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying is that his movies will be a shared universe. I'm saying he doesn't need that. The standalone movies are Todd Phillips's Joker, Matt Reeves' Batman. Those are very much standalone movies. They are not part of this James Gunn. James Gunn is still has final say in this stuff with them, but it's those are not part of his universe, right? As of this point, James Robert Pattinson is not James Gunn's Batman. Somebody else is going to get to play Batman. And it's not going to be Jensen Eccles, so people quit campaigning for Jensen Eccles. Too old. So, Well, the, the, in Peacemaker, I mean, John Cena makes jokes about Batman in those. So you can make connectivity without having to you say which universe it is, right? Right. Just make the jokes about it and go with a whole, you know, Booster Gold and Lobo and, you know, uh, you know name anybody who's, you know, B and C level characters and just do a world with them, Blue Beetle, and na- name the bigger characters, the trifecta, but never show them. 
Yeah. But let's move on. We've talked DC to death, I think. Let's get into Marvel. Dave Batista is relieved to be finished with Guardians of the Galaxy's Drax. It wasn't all pleasant, he said. Dave Batista officially calls time on playing Drax, the destroyer in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, admitting he revealed uh, he's relieved about leaving the, pro- the prominent role. The former WWE champion turned acclaimed actor in an interview with GQ affirmed he's moving on from the part that propelled him in, in his Hollywood career to pursue greater opportunities. However, Batista spoke of his love for Drax and how much he enjoyed playing the uh, incredible warrior. I'm so grateful for Drax. I love him, he said, but there's a, a relief that it's over. I wasn't. It wasn't all pleasant. It was hard playing that role. The makeup process was beating me down, and I just don't know if I want Drax to be my legacy. It's a, it's a silly performance, and I want to do more dramatic stuff, apparently like Knives Out the Glass Onion. Which I started watching, but <laughs> or the new, it. or the new M Night Shyamalan movie that's gonna yeah. pop. <laughs> that's a great way to go with your career is say like I don't want to be in this billion dollar franchise any multi billion dollar franchise anymore. I want to go play in an M Night Shyamalan movie because he hasn't destroyed people's careers before. Yes, he's built careers, but he's also hasn't been the M Night of old. So who knows? But. It's sad to hear that, you know, he won't be coming back as Drax. It's sad to hear that his time as Drax is done, and then he's kind of over the character. But um, I think the only reason he came back is because James Gunn. And now James well, Gunn I think, is and he's also him. had contract. Well, like, contract <laughs> Contract, but I mean, I think he would have tried to find a way to get out of it. If yeah, James well, Gunn didn't come I back, which so. he actually came out and said that. If if James Gunn wouldn't come back, if James Gunn didn't come back, I think Guardians would have ended and be all said and done. But I think he's going to DCU and play Mongol. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I think I think in he that turned down, there, he turned down a DC role. He turned down. Um, I want to see Bane. Squad. Yeah, I think he turned down Bane. But the James Gunn wanted him for a role in Suicide Squad. He turned it down so that he could do. Uh... Oh shit! What did he decide to do instead? I think it was because he was contractually obligated for Drax. No, he 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 came out and actually said that he turned it down for a role in. Hold on. Was it the Zack Snyder zombie movie? Yes, Army of the Dead. Or is that what it's called? Army of the Dead. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. So he came out. It's an actual quote by him. He turned down Suicide Squad to do Army of the Dead, which was a leading role for him. And Suicide Squad would have not been a leading role. And it also enabled him to create a relationship with Netflix. Well, and it's just interesting that he says he's he's so like, I want to do more dramatic stuff and I want to be my legacy. But he's campaigning pretty hard to play Marcus Phoenix in a Gears of War movie. He's campaigning pretty hard. You know, he's playing this crazy, funny role in um, Knives Out. I mean, I guess he's got a little bit more of a dramatic from what the trailers look like and, like, knock, knock at the door or whatever the M. Night Shyamalan movie is called. And that movie looks like Jehovah's Witness visitation's gone wrong. <laughs> it looks like a bunch of people knocking on his door to tell you about your Lord and Savior and the doomsday and saving the world. And, 
it actually looks pretty weird, pretty crazy from the trailer is that they, you know, these guys have been preparing for the end of the world and the prophecy and that this family of is part of the prophecy and they have to choose if you kind of get that feeling like they have to choose who's going to live and who's going to die and their choice, their choice is what determines the end of the world. So I don't know. It looks like it might be a sleeper, but I don't know. It's still M night Shyamalan hasn't had a sleeper in since split. I mean, even glass kind of flopped a little bit. Yeah. So his, his exact quote was, I had this chip on my shoulder and was looking for juicy, dramatic roles. And I read <laughs> Stuber. Army <laughs> Stuber, Kyle. Stuber. <laughs> Tyler's uh, favorite movie. Yeah. Then I read Army of the Dead script, and it was a lot deeper and had more layers than I thought. And also, to be quite frank, I wanted to work with Zach. I had the Suicide Squad where I got to work with my boy again, even though it was a smaller role. And then I had Army of the Dead on which I got to work with Zach. I get to build a relationship with Netflix. I get a lead role in a great film and I get paid a lot more money. It's all about the dollars. All about the Benjamins. He's just making it rain. (laughs) Well, Netflix, I mean, Netflix has become a big player in Hollywood, I guess. Yeah, but aren't they selling off their shows now? They don't have like... No, that's HBO Max. Something I heard about Netflix recently with that, but no, Netflix might be buying some of HBO Max's shows. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but no, Netflix. Netflix had a model in which we're gonna we're gonna stream everybody else's content, and then everybody else was like, we're gonna make our own streaming services, and Netflix did what I don't think anybody would have bet that they would have been successful at. Let's just make our own shit. And it's been huge. I mean, at least, what, three to four times a year, something huge is on Netflix that they created? Yeah. I mean, they have Stranger Things. Bridgerton was huge. Emily in Paris was huge. Uh, The Witcher got huge, right? I mean, there's very little that I can think of that isn't, uh, you know, Netflix original content that hasn't been a banger. Cobra well, Kai. I don't know I if mean, I'd count Cobra Kai because that actually was Sony first, and then yeah, that's Netflix true. bought it. But but Stranger they, Things, um, Squid Games, like mm-hmm. even their Tiger King, like all that stuff was just they massive. have they have a better success rate than most movie studios. If you think about it, like think of how many movies Warner Brothers came out with last year and how many were hits. Batman, and what else? Black Adam. <laughs> Netflix did a documentary on Brick Oven Pizza Huts and why they disappeared from Mesa. Yeah. <laughs> Original, buddy. That's a scary uh, documentary. So, actually, I watched one um, yesterday called Don't Pick Up the Phone. Yeah, I watched that one uh, while I was wrapping presents about the dude who was uh, sexually, like, basically calling. making, yeah. Fast food employees molest or fast food managers and molest employees saying that he was a cop over the phone. And he got he got away with it. Mm-hmm. They found him not guilty. Wow. Um, but uh yeah, um I don't know. Netflix has has a good track record, man. I mean, even compared to like Disney Plus and stuff, I mean like the other streaming services, Netflix, I would say, has the best track record in all of Hollywood. 
Well, I mean, you have bangers on all of them. Like you have bangers on Hulu, you have bangers on Netflix, you have bangers on Apple TV, you have bangers on Paramount yes. Plus, you have bangers on Peacock. Like, is it just because when it's on streaming, they don't have to meet to the stra- the strains and trials and tribulations of network television? That well, I I think all those put out banging content or. I also think Netflix is less involved in the creative process. I think that that's big. Well, I mean, Netflix is also notorious for canceling shows at three. Yeah, you know, they they don't they don't carry stuff on. Imagine, like for instance, Chuck. Right? What I love that show, but it got canceled like three times, and the only reason it came back is because, like, they gained Subway as sponsors and things like that. Right. In the third season, I think of Chuck, like there's a Subway sandwich in every episode. But <laughs> those kind of things don't happen now. Netflix sees a loser, cancels it. But then they go and pick up other people's losers. Yeah, and Manifest has been huge for them. Yeah, it was. Manifest was huge for them. Manifest, they came out with the what the first four seasons that were on NBC, put them on Netflix. And it was on the top ten list for like four months. Yeah, they just did. a. They just have a they do a better job of promoting it. And and what's cool about Netflix is they've really uh, mastered kind of the social media. Kyle, you're right. They kind of. Ma- yeah. Lucifer was huge for Netflix. That was a Fox property that Fox canceled. But uh, to the point where NBC was trying to bring Manifest back and the because I think Warner Brothers owns Manifest. If they're I think they're the production studio. Warner Brothers sold it to Netflix because NBC still didn't make an offer that was as good as Netflix had. It says there's no, a good business model. I mean, I can't agree with that ish. You say Netflix is suffering from cap crap content right now. Bullshit. They just put out a banger in Wednesday, which just got a <clears throat> greenlit for a second season. Yeah. So like with Tim Burton, no, they paid Tim Burton to direct a TV show and write it. I don't think they're putting out, crap content like net promotion netflix sucks at promotion netflix's promotion is you me and everybody that's on the internet mm-hmm. or you know with a microphone who word of They've mouth mastered that's social their... media you know who sucks at promoting stuff is amazon amazon lance. prime oh i got it looks like we found a girl for you lance and don't tell my wife <laughs> but Tim Burton directed, produced it, and wrote it. His name is at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> I've yet to watch that. Oh, it's great, man. I love that show. I had so much stuff to finish, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. Um, Skip Letter Kenny. That was kind of bullshit. So, Charles Adams, Miles Miller or Millar and Alfred I can't even say that last name are the writers on Wednesday Tim Burton did not write Wednesday no he's listed as a writer because he's come out and said shit about writing it he came up with the whole premise of it not according to not according to the Googers Um, according to the Googers, those are the writers. He might have written an episode. 
Yeah, four out of the eight episodes are directed by Tim Burton, who also serves as executive producer. I knew he directed and he executive produced, but I didn't think he was a writer on them, on all of them. Yeah, Jenna Ortega came out and said, yeah, when, when they were writing it, like... He might have like, been on, um, like, <clears throat> just like... Um, Support? Yeah, or a supervisor or producer credit or something yeah yeah because it was created by alfred garf and they uh they did uh all the wb dc shows right or no um, no they did smallville yeah, he did smallville. did smallville he did he was a writer on smallville a writer he was the writer of spider-man 2 with toby mcguire he was a writer the best of one four he was a writer of shanghai noon into the Badlands. He created Into the Badlands for AMC. Wrote Monster High for Disney. Um, Charlie, he was the um, the Mummy. Wrote for the <clears throat> Aquaman TV show. I forgot you know, that <laughs> Justin you know, Hartley was fucking Aquaman. Yeah, he's Aquaman and Green Arrow. Imagine that. Did you know Tim Burton was originally approached to direct the original Adams Family movie? Yep. He was not the gimp on Pulp Fiction, sadly, Kyle. Oh. Who was the gimp? <laughs> I don't want to get into who was the gimp on Pulp Fiction. It's a deep cut. It depends oh, you... on who you ask. Yeah, JP, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It depends on who you ask. Uh, I'm curious now. Well, all right. So, depending right. on who you ask, who the gimp from Pulp Fiction is, it's um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into this honestly. Yeah, let's not do this on the air. JP, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, inter- I'm interested to hear. So, whether yeah. we can talk Some tonight, some circles exactly. might say it's a gentleman by this name of Steve Hibbert. Other circles might say it's the name uh, of a gentleman by the name of Sting- Steve Inglehard. <laughs> the world, um, it's a weird place now with as far as the gimp from uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction the, is concerned. The infamous so. gimp that the yeah. one of the one of the sayings I'll never forget in the '90s: "Bring out the gimp." Like you, serious Clark? Bring out the gimp. Those are just <clears throat> quotes that never go away. <clears throat> yeah. Again, so. we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> A, I don't even a, have anything to do with subject. it, and I'm embarrassed. It's a touchy subject. It's a family show. It's a family show. <clears throat> he's he's apparently from Indianapolis. Um, apparently, he wrote some episodes of Boy Meets World. Yep. He may or may not have been a uh, famous comic book writer in the 70s. Yeah, who knows? You know, just depends on which... Uh, version of the gimp you just sued whether it's uh steve hibbert or steve inglehart you the choice is yours and yours alone <laughs> uh, but moving on here jeremy renner was helping a stranded citizen before his snowplow accident this is actually really gruesome and sad for thousand pounds <laughs> Yeah, the incident saw the Hawkeye star trampled underneath his personal snowcat vehicle 
as he sought to clean out a shelf of snow that had formed in front of his house. Renner suffered sever- a severe physical trauma to his legs and torso, as well as major blood loss. Paramedics were immediately called to the scene after a neighbor helped tourniquet his leg. He was flown to a hospital and underwent surgery. The nature of the operation is currently unknown, but Renner did share an image of himself recovering, sending his gratitude to his fans and followers for their support. Thank you all for all your kind words. I'm too messed up now to type, but I send love to you all, Renner wrote. At the time of writing, the actor's condition is still critical, but stable. Yeah, apparently he got real fucked up from this. Did you see the the Twitter photo of him? Of the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. So if they did a tourniquet on him, that probably does that mean he lost a leg? No, he no a tourniquet um, just means severe blood loss. So they yeah, do a tourniquet. You turn off the blood. You get, well, from what I remember, once you do a tourniquet and cut off the blood supply, I don't know if they. It it kind of sounds like it was the same thing that happened to um, uh, the dude who played Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies. Yeah, he got pinned behind oh, yeah. his jeep, right? Yeah, yeah. he got. He stopped to get the mail, forgot to put his Jeep in park, put it in neutral, it rolled down and pinned in between that and like his, his wall where his mailbox was. Do you know that this that was actually like... that was actually a recall that he never took his uh vehicle yeah. in to get it fixed? This kind of gives me vibes that Jeremy Renner put that bitch in neutral and got in front of stepped it. out to help push a car or something and the thing rolled over him and like Fucked them all up, and luckily his neighbor was a. As far as I heard, his na- his neighbor was a doctor and was able to help him get the bleeding under control and put a tourniquet on his leg, which basically just yeah, just putting severe pressure to try and stop the bleeding from the artery. And sounds like he's gonna make a full recovery, but he he looks like he's all jacked up. Yeah, like you can't even tell that's really him. I mean, yeah, I but- mean you can. He's all swollen and beat to shit. He definitely has. You can kind of tell by the neck thing right here that he's got some trauma to his chest because those are bandages right there on his neck. There's a bandage right there on his chest. Like, um, I think his chest collapsed, didn't it? Um, I don't. All I've heard is that he got the shit ran over him, and all I've heard is like the blood loss and the stuff to his leg so yeah it's but. super sad it was a messed up okay. week between the the bills <clears throat> player and runner it was crazy with uh you know big name people getting yeah i was just reading about um was it darren darren hamlin demar hamlin hamlin yeah <clears throat> that um he's still sedated they have him laying on his chest to keep no, that's pressure old, off his lungs that's old news now He's awake. They pulled his breathing tube out. It. I don't know. There's some fishy stuff with that. I think, but. Well, look, I, you know, he he's been in critical condition without being able to have the breathing tube out until Thursday. I thought, or Wednesday, well, or Thursday. That's good to so hear. That, yeah, that was he a, was. He just they just removed the breathing tube last night. But for that's for the. Good to hear. For who, what type of an athlete he was, right? I mean, they got him revived. They took two times to get him revived, but he's been in critical condition since then. So I just, it must have been pretty bad. I mean, Brenner, you know, just both of them, just crazy mishaps. They're not going to walk away easily from either one of these items, these accidents. Yeah, that that whole announcement uh, of him waking up sounds very Hollywood to me. The 
you know, did we win the, the game? first thing? Yeah. The first thing he asked is we won the game. You would think the first thing you asked would be like, what are we doing here? What am I doing here? What well, happened? That's a typical Bills fan just asking if they won. And I think that's cool, though, because they I think they loved it because I see it on Facebook and it's a good little story. He's actually from Pittsburgh, too, and connection, yeah. you know, at Buffalo. So I think it's a good I story. I don't doubt that he probably asked that question where it was at some like, point. Right. <laughs> yeah. What? Why am I here? Oh, well, you, you know, you got hit. You had you went in cardiac arrest. This happened to you. OK. Who won the game? You know, it's just like you, you're not going to ask that right off the bat first you know i'm sure you asked the, the serious questions of why am i here what happened you let that process in, and then you ask who won the game you know i don't think right. that he uh, the, that was the first question and the doctor was like you won the game of life young man like it's so like just seems so like made for hollywood trying to get that michael how Lawrence. old is he like early 20s 20 i think he's 23 or 24 and he went into full cardiac arrest yeah, so his his heart was contracting at like I guess it's like there's a time when a split so second whenever severe. your heart yeah. moves and you can hit it at that time and kill somebody. Yeah, so he was his heart was like contracting out of rhythm. And he went to make that tackle on T Higgins, and it was just at that split second, and it, so it it like stopped his heart. It sent his heart into fibrillation, so his heart was just sitting there like vibrating. It wasn't beating anymore. And that's why that's he gets crazy. up and then you just see him fall down and they had to do CPR on him to revive him on the field. But it happened to a hockey player where he was hit with a stick right in the chest. And I, I don't know if he, I think he survived, but the same thing, you know, that split second, it's kind of like if you, if you punch someone in the nose and shoot the nose bone up into the brain, you can kill someone. At least that's yeah. perceived that say. way. Yeah. So if you do that hard thing, that's <laughs> split second. It's like a one in a million chance. Just that five like, finger death punch. <laughs> what was really cool is all the the i think both teams i didn't see it live i i just read about it but both teams like stood around and tried to block um people seeing what oh, was they, happening right he he died twice there i mean on the on the yeah. field so they were all shooken up and and then they finally got him revived again and i think they he died on the field they revived him then again at the hospital but yeah he i think at the hospital again too when he died on the field, I think that messed up a bunch of those players, and it was. It, I thought he was dead for as long as he was on the on the field for, and how they were all reacting. I thought he died, and they were just trying to slowly get him off the field without making a big deal and be able to resume the game. Is probably what the NFL was trying to do, but the players. Oh, if he died, there was no way there was going to resume. Right, right. But I think the NFL was trying to get him to the hospital. Maybe maybe that's their thought. I don't know. Just a lot, of, all the speculation. But I'm sure Goodell wanted to keep the play the game, and I, I think yeah. just those players themselves said we're not going to do this. And, I don't know. They, I th- I don't think that's the case. I think that's the way it's perceived because of how long it took the NFL to, to do things. But it. from from what people were saying, like the the mic was hot right off the bat, and there was never a, a we're going to play this game. Like I think I knew this game was going to get called the minute they sent them to the locker rooms and yeah. with just how long it took them like when they're coming back and the announce like it's a sad thing to say but the nfl is a, it, it's a game of keep it moving some dude tears it you know an acl you move the drill five yards and you can continue on your business you know they tear an acl they put them in the ambulance and away you go like it's not the first time we've seen an ambulance on a football field it probably won't be the last but you knew something was 
way wrong when the they're coming back from being a wrestling fan and you can appreciate this it gave me very like owen hart vibes from the 2000s when owen hart fell from the rafters and died and they were like showing the audience like they come back from you know it was like an hour i want to say almost like of the commentators being somber and just taking commercial break after commercial break because they had nothing to say and yeah, you see the players, they're showing the players crying and praying and all everyone, you know, on the field at the same time. And, like, you knew it was way worse than dude tore an ACL or dude got a concussion. Like, Yeah, the way they were, because still to this day, like, one of the nastiest injuries I've ever seen is when Dak Prescott basically tore his foot off. Yeah. And when I saw their reaction, I said, oh, this is bad. Because, yeah. Because Dak Prescott, like you saw his foot, it was like hanging there. I did and not see that they, one. I cannot watch that stuff. <laughs> they they went. I was watching it live. It was crazy, yeah. and uh, they they continued playing the game. They yeah. carted him off the field. Continued playing the game. There was nothing like this. So I knew I knew something was bad, and they weren't showing replays of it either. So I had no idea what had happened. They showed one replay of it when they were like right after it happened when they were working on him until they kind of, you know, probably told, Hey, this is what happened. He's getting CPR. He's not, you know, he's got no pulse and they moved on, but that was, that was it. They showed it once, but yeah, I wasn't watching this game. So I had to go. I was cause I was YouTube. playing in my fantasy league championship and I Did had you need somebody on there. I had, I was down six points and I had Joe Mixon playing and I was just like, Let's go. So I was watching the game because I was going to win the championship, and then this happened. So now I'm in limbo waiting to see. So I, I already lost my championship game, but the guy that I was playing had T. Higgins. So I just, since I'm the league manager, I just deducted 20 points from T. Higgins because he, he hurt DeMar Hamlin. So, <laughs> so I ended up winning the whole thing anyway. So <laughs> Gumbag moves. <laughs> That's fucked, dude. No, I, I, I would that, not be. I, I was gonna say I would not be surprised if you were not invited to play fantasy football next year. <laughs> no, I, I was I thought at first I was like, oh my god, like what happened? Then after I found out he was gonna he was breathing again, I called my buddy and said, hey, I was gonna deduct those twenty points for what what T Higgins did to Hamlin. But uh, when it first happened, I was like, there wasn't even joking time for that. So, but now that I think I mean, you'll be okay, it's not even T Higgins' fault, man. Like he's oh, just no. like you know a victim and this is an it's just a freak accident it, oh yeah he was the receiver he wasn't even the one that was making the tackle no it's it's no more was the one that was making the tackle so it, yeah it's yeah, but not, it's the same it's a mil- it's tackle they do a million times it's just that right. timing of how that hit exactly yeah everything so. just the stars are lined but Kevin Smith says Mallrats sequel might finally take off in 2023. Twilight of the Mallrats, which has been in the works and well, yeah, been the working title for Smith's sequel project for some time now, finally seems to have a timeline. While the famed filmmaker has been teasing as a sequel for the better part of a decade, he devoted the last mon- minutes of his recent episode of Fat Man Beyond podcast to reveal the apparently uh, imminent state of this production. With what I am looking forward to the most, Smith said, we're seeing some traction on Mallrats too. Twilight of the Mallrats. So, yet Smith uh, subsequently quali- uh, clarified his comments. Fingers crossed, folks. We're here from where we heard from Lionsgate folks, and they were very, very happy with the performance of Clerks Three. I'm not allowed to say anything else. Producer Jordan Monsanto, Jason Muse's wife, 
and apparently my wife's new best friend is like, I can't tell you anything because then you'll talk about it on your fucking shows, but things are looking good. So this could be the year that we return to the mall. I really hope the storyline is the mall's closing. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be an interesting, uh, Every mall in America seems to be closing. Like that yeah. seems to be prime, you know. And since story. we saw in Jane Sound about reboot that Brody Bruce's store is at the mall, and it looked like the mall was struggling. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a mall near my hometown that actually closed down years ago and has like uh, plants and things growing inside of it. It's it looks like the uh, rainforest inside there. It's called Century Three Mall. We've had, so That's Matt, awesome. help me out. In Arizona, we've had Fiesta's closed. Mm-hmm. Metro Center. Metro Center closed. Is that um, it? Who's is it? Joe's Duel and it's from Pittsburgh? He, he would know Century 3 Mall. I mean, it was like the mall in the area. Like three stories, huge, huge mall and just done. Fiesta, Fiesta and Metro were like the two biggest like most traffic malls in Arizona for a long time. Metro Metro was in uh, Bill and Ted's, uh, the first Bill and Ted movie. The the one actually by me, Monroeville, was the Dawn of the Dead movie. Was that the one they filmed in the mall? Dawn of the Dead or the other one? Which one was in the mall? Joe's Dawn, Dueling. Dawn of, the, Dawn of the Dead was filmed in a mall, but I thought that... That was, that was Monroeville Mall. Yep. Listen the up, Monroevers. Which is... Connected to Kevin Smith, the Monroevers. <laughs> yeah. Monroeville. What did you say the name of that mall was that has the plants growing in it? Uh, Century 3 Mall. I follow, I follow a Facebook page called Dead Mall Enthusiasts. <laughs> and it was they a take mall, like, all these pictures. That's a crazy cool mall. That there's a whole like rainforest growing in it. Yeah, it looks just, it's terrible. I, I bet. I mean, it just it looks like a scene from. From the, uh, 28 days later, inside there. It'd be sweet to find. Fly when did it close? I think 10 years ago. I, I could be wrong, but I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense that the mall was thriving. Whatever they did, there was a new mall that opened not too far, and that one's dying off too. And that Monroeville Mall stayed staying alive. It's on, it's on a uh, life support right now, but I think just the history of that mall keeps it alive. Century 3 died off, and and the other one they just opened up it says years it, ago. It says it was only that they closed in 2019. It was dying off before then. I mean, I thought, <laughs> I don't think anyone's been there. I think it's been a ghost town since before then, and maybe they just officially closed it. It might have had a few stores still open somewhere inside there, but look at the, you see the pictures? They're all plants inside there. It looks like. By West Mifflin? Is that the yep. company that owns it? No, it's the town. Oh, that's the town? It says uh, the borough deemed it unsafe and uninhabitable because the mall sprinkler system is shut down due to a pipe break. And then you see all the, the building must be repaired, vacated, or demolished. Yeah, and it's got plants all inside of it. It's it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. so it's so big. It looks like a it looks like a scene from 2012 or uh, the day before the day after tomorrow when they were that that whole mall was snow covered and they had to get down inside there to whatever they had to get. It just reminds me of that. Just crazy how flush it was with people. Now it's not. Makes me want to go explore that mall now. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I'm sure there's people living in there somewhere. 
Oh, yeah, like sure last it's just, is it last? I'm of sure us it's just riddled with bums. Yep. What's Oakland Phoenix? It would be. That's that's uh, still um. What's it called? Um. Munhall area. That's where um Charlie Batch Steeler went. He played. He went to school there. Uh, Steel Valley is the name of that school. So Charlie Batch, Steeler player, Detroit Lion. He's from there. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, like those pictures right there. The big one on the. On the right there, just water, plants, just disgusting. The one on the right? The one on the far right there looks like oh, here. water damage up top. Go up, up top. Yeah, isn't it water damage? Oh, the big I one can't... I was clicked on. Yeah. Looks like water damage and all that, so. That's insane. Looks sweet. There's, I... where, there's a flea market near where I used to live. That was a Lowe's theater that they put $33 million into that theater and within two years closed it down, and now it's a flea market. <laughs> and where the where they show the movies at, they have just boxes of crap in there for people to sell. It's just how much money people spend on that mall, that movie theater, and then nothing. It's just Yeah, we had a movie theater here. It was a United Artists movie theater. It was on Arizona Avenue in Warner. And I remember they dumped a bunch of money into it, uh, rebuilding it, because it was like one of the oldest theaters in Arizona huge theater too and a few years after they dumped all this money into it they tore it down and built a school thanks Fiesta Mall I think is a school now isn't it Matt Uh, I don't know I know that I think Metro is like a glorified Walmart so you, you can still go to yeah. Metro Center and buy stuff, but it's not a mall anymore. Yeah, because they built like a Walmart inside of it. Really? Mm-hmm. But move it on. HBO's Last of Us story ends where the games do. In an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, the show's creator Neil Druckerman and Craig Mazin discuss not dragging the Last of Us series adaptation on longer than the source material, like HBO's previous blunder with George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones. We have no plan to tell any story beyond adapting the game. Duckerman said, we won't run this into the, we won't run into the same issues Game of Thrones did since part two doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Mason added that there has no interest in turning The Last of Us into a perpetual motion machine with the same plot of changing locations to survive the zombie outbreak every season. I don't have any interest in spinning plates going on forever show. He said, ending means everything to me. So season one of HBO's series add ups to 2013 game, The Last of Us storyline, while Dickerman and Mason suggest the season two will follow the 2020 sequel. That's great. You can say all you want, but I guarantee you the execs, if it's a huge, massive success, the executive minds behind the, you know, at HBO will be like, fuck you. You don't oh, yeah, want to do need, more. They need you it. out. We'll come, we'll get somebody else to do it. So you can sit here and scream till you're blue in the face that you're going to follow the storyline of the game and it's not going to turn into the next Walking Dead or be like Game of Thrones. But if the powers that be wish it to because it's a massive success, then uh, I'm sorry, but your words mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> but. I really hope that it's a success because I'd like to see some other video game properties. I'm looking forward adapted. to it. 
I'm looking forward to maybe not necessarily season two because I thought that the second game, Last of Us Two, was not good. But. See, I I liked it. I know Max liked it. I'm hoping for an earthworm earthworm Jim movie. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl. Cool. Toe Jam and Earl. Mm-hmm. Battle Toads movie. Let's go. Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> Mutant League hockey movie. Let's do it. No, but I think uh, Red Dead Redemption is primed. That, that would be a good one. For especially now that like the westerns are kind of coming back with Yellowstone and and uh, the spinoffs that it, like the westerns have been huge as of late. I want to Red Dead Redemption though. I want huh? to do Red Dead. I want him to do Red Dead Redemption first, and then do Red Dead Redemption. I mean, Red Dead Redemption two first, and then do Red Dead. Because I want to know the you, you got to know the whole story of Marston and all yeah. that. You know, isn't there one before Red Dead? Isn't it like Red Dead Revolver? Or there's Red like Dead that? Revolver, yeah. And then there's Red Dead Redemption, and then Red Dead Redemption two. Yeah. But, what are some other like like? realistically what are some other um video games that you'd like to see adapted like those big storyline video games i mean we're already getting a lot of them. we're already getting the god of war uh adaptation we're getting a um i know uh what's his face is campaigning for gears of war yeah david is trying to do gears of war uh we're getting a um horizon zero dawn Already, yep. Wow. So there's a lot of video games that are being adapted into TV shows. It works. Surprised they haven't done like Skyrim or something like that. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's just another Lord of the or another um, Game of Thrones or House of Dragons or whatever has already been done, and it's already being done. You know. But the Witcher is getting done. Is The Witcher is another one, yep. <clears throat> Uncharted would be a good one. Now they just did the movie. Oh, yeah, duh, I forgot about that. That's a, that's an easy one to forget. <laughs> but Half-Life? And no. Bioshock's getting done, right? Bioshock is in the works, yeah. You think they should Zel- go back and make better of the original ones like Doom and Resident Evil? They just well, tried to do Evil, Resident they Evil tried show. To reboot it. Yeah. Resident Evil is like one of those properties that the story is so good in the games and like it's right there. I don't understand why they tried to make so many tweaks and twists to it to to make it different. And they bomb like those Resident Evil movies are aren't good. They're you know they're okay. They're fun to watch, but they're not good movies by any means. And the, the Netflix show wasn't very good either. So like yeah, it was Resident fun to Evil watch. Property bomb. Resident Evil's properties bomb because they don't stick true to what makes those games so popular. Well, the stick movies, true to the source the movies didn't bond, bomb. How many did, of those did they make? Dude, just because that dude yeah, makes those movies with his wife, they're not good movies. Like I don't even honestly remember them. All I remember is Mila Djokovic is in them. Yeah, and her husband is the guy that directed them all. So and wrote wrote and directed them all. So, I mean, they are money makers because they were mindless films that had a cult following, but they weren't by any means good movies. Um, I know Twisted Metal's getting a adaptation, isn't it? 
yeah, they're trying to make work on a twisted metal TV show. Yeah. I think the the prime one that for some reason it doesn't seem like anybody's willing to touch it is Zelda. Well, it's because Nintendo won't let them. I think I think if Super Mar- the Super Mario movie with Chris Pratt is a is a money making machine, which by all intents and purposes, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I would not be surprised if we get a Legend of Zelda movie. My kids can't. My kids can't stop talking about that Mario Brothers movie. They're expecting me to go take them to see it. <laughs> like even my twelve year old daughter, who is not into video games at all, wants to go see that movie. And they loved the uh, the Sonic movie, yeah, both of them. But Red Dead, Red Dead was a good. Red Dead would be an awesome one. I would definitely line up for a Red Dead show or movie or Metal Gear. If it followed, like like I said, I wanted to go. I wanted to start off and go Red Dead Two first and follow. Um, I can't think of the main character's name and Arthur Morgan. Follow Arthur Morgan first and then go into James Marston and go from there. So I think. Th- that would be dope if they did that. Somebody buy that property up, but I don't think Rockstar is yeah, in the business of selling their, their rights for their stuff like that. If Rockstar, I think, was going to do one, it'd be Grand Theft Auto. That'd be awesome. Well, cause only because of... I think the name is a draw. You know what I mean? More than Red Dead even is. I don't think. I think they're on equal playing field now. People get really? just as excited for Red Dead, a Red Dead game as they do the new Grand Theft Auto. I mean, the other thing, too, is that we've had, if you count Red Dead Revolver, which really isn't other than name character, but if you count Red Dead Redemption, you know, you've had what? We're going on six GTA games now. We've only had two Red Dead games. Yeah. And they were both bangers. But Max says, I'm stoked for this show. I figured you would be. Uh, hoping it doesn't stray too far from the source material to where it isn't recognizable. I hear that it is very much like we just stated here in line with the source material and is going to pretty much follow the game story to a T. I still don't know if I liked the the casting of Pedro Pascal's Joel and Elliot. Yeah, I've I've kind of gotten comfortable with the girl, but I'm still not big on Joel. Now I I read I think it was on comicbookmovie.com today that they were doing they were trying to do a movie before this took place and uh couldn't figure out a way to do the whole story in one movie and that uh the girl from Game of Thrones what's her name Maisie Williams um, Maisie Williams they approached her and then they approached uh Caitlin Deaver Yeah who has always been my pick? Caitlin Deaver's always been my pick. For for uh, what's her name? Ellie. Yeah. I just watched her in some movie with um, George Clooney and um, Caitlin Deaver. Julia Roberts the other day on Paramount Plus. Maybe yeah, I feel like Peacock we were going a few things. months there where you saw her everywhere, and then. I feel like she's kind of vanished a little bit. Well, yeah, because she did that. Yeah, yep, that's the one. She did that movie with, or she was in Last Man Standing, and she left that, and then she went and did um, Booksmart. Booksmart is fantastic. Reenie Finkelstein, Jonah Hill's sister, and then she did um, the net that Netflix show. Unbelievable. Yep. 
And then she was in that um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen movie. Which was pretty good. And then now she's in... Rosaline. Uh, she was in some like mockumentary, COVID mockumentary type thing for HBO, I want to say. Oh, I don't and know. What... She's Is that in... Dope Sick? Yes. Uh, yes, what... I think so. She's in that movie, Rosaline, the Romeo and Juliet um, parody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where she plays like Romeo's other love interest. Yeah. I like her as an actress. Book Smart. Book Smart is fantastic, though. It's a great fucking movie. Have you seen it, JP? I've not. Not yet. Have you? You've seen Super Bad, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Essentially, Super Bad, but from the girl's perspective. <laughs> from a yeah. girl's perspective, like yeah. it, it. It follows that movie. And what's funny is Jonah Hill's sister was in Super Bad, or Jonah Hill was in Super Bad, and Jonah Hill's sister is in Book Smart. <laughs> It's it's fantastic. I love that movie, and I think it was directed by Olivia Wilde, wasn't it, Matt? So, yes, it was. I think it was her first movie that she directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. great fucking movie. And then our last story of the night: Stephen Amell returns as Green Arrow for the Flash's final season. Stephen Amell will officially return as Oliver Queen slash Green Arrow in the Flash's upcoming ninth and final season. As soon as our final season was announced, we knew we wanted Steven to come back and reprise his iconic role as Oliver Queen, said executive producer Eric Wallace. After all, it was Oliver who originally launched Barry Allen on his heroic path, and that's why everyone on Team Flash felt strongly that it was important to create a full-circle moment with Oliver's return in the final season of The Flash. Amel's last appearance on the superhero drama series is in Season 6 episode Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 3, which aired in December 19th on the CW, which also, funny enough, saw him becoming the Spectre and basically disappearing. So I don't know why. I'm I don't know why, and unless it's going to be like a, a I'm sure it's going to be like a flashback episode. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden go from being Spectre to Green Arrow again. But who yeah, knows? I think they're. I remember I got so excited about. Um, Tom Welling coming back for that crisis on infinite earths and literally it's a scene with him at his farm saying no thanks yeah where he's yeah like they they sold it so hard that he was coming back and it was like a five second scene I don't expect this to be any more than that yeah I think it'll be just a flashback or he did say that if James Gunn came calling he'd uh he'd reprise the role for like a 10 episode special. He's not going to be the movie Green Arrow. No, no. I, I don't think he's going to be like in the the whole threat of it. He Stephen Amell just said, that's the only way I would come back is to do something like a 10 episode thing on Netflix or HBO Max. Where that could be a little bit more adult. You know, a special presentation type thing. That's how he'd come back. I mean, I'm not even excited about the Flash's final season. I am oh, so I gave up on that show. Yeah, four so far removed ago. from the Flash. Now, Michael Rosenbaum did say because he's good friends with James Gunn, he did say that uh, he they are all willing to come back for Smallville, of course, because what are any of them doing now? 
Tom I, Welling is so far removed from being able to play Superman that it just let it let it be. I think they should do it as an animated series mm. or an animated show, like a movie. Let it be, man. Yeah, I don't. I I never liked the animated series. I I like to watch them, but there's there's no continuity to the live action. Why can't we just let things that were good be? Like, why do we got to recreate them and run them into the ground? And because those actors need something ship? to do. <laughs> I was, that's my one of my biggest problems with with the '80s. What they redid, there was no reason to redo Total Recall, RoboCop, and to make it yeah, but better. every so loose, yeah. yeah, Point Break. Yeah, why redo those? Every so often, you get you get a brilliant one like Ghostbusters Afterlife was brilliant, but. When you try to remake the original, they didn't I think remake it flops. It. Right. Yeah. The, so they, 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 they tried to remake it with the girls. Yeah, right. And, and that didn't and that didn't work. But if you try to take that, because it's so hard to come up with something completely new, right? Yeah. I mean, Total Recall itself and Terminator were, were closely related. You can, you know, those and Matrix was like Total Recall and Terminator together, right? Mm-hmm. So it was old concepts redone in a different way. And it worked. So you take Ghostbusters and you redo it with the girl. Well, no, the girls doesn't work. Do it as an afterlife. And it's like, oh, it's nostalgia. I think badass, it does. dude. Did you yeah, watch it? You, oh, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. It, but I think it had a lot to do with nostalgia part of it that we all, you know, we miss Egon, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he was. No, part but it of was it a well written story. Oh, like, yeah. And, all, and Paul Rudd's great in it. The, the actor, actors were good. It was a good story, good actors, a good concept. Yeah. You know, it, it flew well, and that's and that's why it did well. It wasn't like a gangbuster movie like a Endgame, but it definitely performed well in a rough time. You know, with yeah. COVID stuff. But. Well, I think the biggest thing too is that you brought um, Ivan Reitman. He was like a his story. Son. Well, his son wrote it, but Ivan Reitman was like a story consultant on the whole yeah. thing. So you had some connectivity. To the original too. I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is better than Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff better than Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters 1's awesome, but yep. I mean, I think it made up for how poor Ghostbusters 2 was. I don't know. My problem with the Ghostbusters movies is it's called Ghostbusters and they do more talking than they do busting ghosts. You hold your tongue. Yeah, but you can't beat Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis. That's the best scene of the movie when they're all suited up and they. I remember watching the the girl reboot, and I was excited for it because I'm Ghostbusters all day. I love it, and I I was excited for it, and then to have all those actors come back and they weren't even the roles that they were in the original movies. Damn right. It's like Brody Bruce says in Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Studios gave up on new ideas entirely in favor of building multi-movie universes that breed brand-loyal customers from cradle to the grave. So if you yeah, like Harry Potter, Cash Inicus, you're getting f- 10 fucking more. You like the Fast and the Furious flicks? We're going to drive that franchise into the ground. Yeah, now they're talking about rebooting Harry Potter. Yep. It's much easier <laughs> to take something successful and not having to think of something new. I mean, Like I said, Matrix was something that was taken from two other successful movies because it's hard to come up with something completely different i mean i'm sure you can but it just it's well, it's all been two done and three two and three were i think every i think most people yeah. like the first one and two and three kind of it started to go off the wire oh it felt it, it felt it felt way short it i and had such high expectations. Shit show. 
Yeah, I don't even know why they made it. Um, but uh, one was just, I, I can't explain the feeling to see that movie live at the time. Yeah. It just, it was awesome. And they didn't, two and three didn't live up to the hype, but it's, that was an unoriginal concept take, you know, and put into a very original story. And like, like I said, Total Recall, Terminator made that movie. And it, it it's hard to do something original because it's all been done in some capacity. But, yeah. you know, if you can take something and, and expand upon it and make your own touch to it, I think that's great. But to redo old movies, Girl Ghostbusters, Total Recall, Robocop, I just think you're... I agree, Max. Max says, leave Harry Potter alone. Don't reboot that series. Yeah, like you said, it was as good as it was. It also, my issue with the Harry Potter thing is it's not, I feel like it's not enough behind us, the ones that just came out. But how can you have 10 movies and say you have to reboot it? I don't understand. You have 10, how many movies were there? Six Uh, or something? Eight? Because there's seven books and the last one is split into two, so eight. Yeah, so there's no... You you've done it all. I just I just feel like I just feel like the last Harry Potter came out like six seven years ago, didn't it? When did that come out? Uh, well, are you talking like Harry Potter? Harry Potter? Are you talking about like not Fantastic Beasts? I'm talking about Harry Potter. So you're looking at Deathly Hollows Part Two. I think the timeline should be 50 years or 2011. So 11 years ago. 12 years 50 ago. years or more you should redo a movie anything less than 50 years it's there's no reason to redo oh it. yeah they're trying to get they're trying to get um the people involved with back to the future to green light a reboot and and nobody's willing to fucking touch it they want to do a goonies reboot goonies goonies i heard that they're doing a continuation Okay, so it's gonna be well, about it's gonna be about their kids. So Sean Astin's supposed to come back. So like almost like Ghostbusters reboot Afterlife. Yeah, but I don't know where that is. That's just what I heard. I don't know if it if it's greenlit or anything, but I I heard that it's gonna be a continuation because uh, Corey uh, Feldman Corey Feldman um, has spoke about it quite a few times. Sean Astin, I think, is more concerned with getting Encino Man back. <laughs> They've been trying to make an Encino Man 2 since the first one came out. That was the corniest movie I saw of the night. I watched it the other day, dude. I I still love it. I like it. I still I loved it then, but it was corny as hell. I mean, I you know. <laughs> yeah, Gladiator, they're coming out with a sequel in uh, did Russell Crowe die in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, he's supposedly back in it as a main oh. character. They did they did CPR and he came back. <laughs> I guess. Check this I don't out. know. What real quick before we get ready to sign off tonight, I want to show yeah, you this real quick. Going. That's apparently what Michael Keaton's bat suit looks like in the Flash movie. They didn't really change it much. Much for looks the like billionaire, one, billionaire, recession, billionaire. Yeah, that set the middle one for returns looks like an action figure. That's bad, but it does look a lot like the first one, except the chest plate is more updated. It looks like, well, like, I don't like yeah. that they got rid of the yellow belt. Yeah, this one gives me more like uh, Nolan feel mm-hmm. to it. Trying to make it updated. I don't understand what's going on with this head, why it's so squared, but like this one just like 
we're gonna make his pecs look more like tits, and we're just yeah, gonna. That's when they, that's he doesn't when they even start getting the fat pecs. nipples and stuff. You don't even need pecs. You're good there. And then instead of being like, you know, the first one's supposed to find this one looks more like armor. The one for the flash looks a lot more like armor. So apparently. All upcoming movies, remakes, and reboots. What the fuck? Yep. These are showing me past ones. Yep, what? I don't know. You just said something, then you stopped talking. No, I started, I, started, I, started, I started reading something, and then I realized that it was just showing me stuff that's been made. But Are there any right. remakes coming out? A man called... Or, let's see. Matilda was was a reboot. That was pretty good, but that was more by the Broadway play. The Munsters was awful. Fucking Rob Zombie butchered that. <laughs> Hellraiser's coming out. Yeah. No reason to do that one. Firestarter flopped. West Side Story flopped, even though it got a Best Picture nomination, but no one went and saw it. COVID. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for the first show of the new year. Whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, hope you guys had a good time. Um, I will not be here next week as it is my daughter's birthday, first birthday. So I won't either. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to leave the... <laughs> The ship into the capable hands of Lance and JP. He's Hopefully Ish gets in the internet do this. figured out. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, Max come back on for that show. There you go. But uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. The first episode of 2023. Uh, hope you guys had a great time. I want to say shout out to the chat. Thanks for everyone hanging out. Max Peterson, my lovely wife, Aaron. Cardi West, Hartman, Kyle, old Kyle Ish in the chat. Uh, your mom. Your mom. Sticks. Stick Boys, Brown Destroyer, uh, Joe's Doolin', everybody in the chat. Thank you so much for hanging out and having a good time with us. Um, make sure to check out SNS tomorrow night. Uh, we have a pretty good, a pretty pretty good interview tomorrow night. So definitely come by and check that out. We you double you double check that one. Oh yeah, this one is this one's good. <laughs> this this one is uh, this is a solid one. We're we're good. good. We're good here. No no. Hey, you forgot to uh, thank sixty nine mega dot com. Phil life. Yes, thank you sixty nine mega dot com for. All of your um, support. <laughs> we, we greatly need all that support, you know, so uh, so much. But we got Cliff Chen, the artist of Paper Girls, coming on SNS tomorrow night to, to talk a little bit about Paper Girls with us and Catwoman and stuff. So, oh, that's and, awesome. Are you going to ask him? Because uh, I know they were trying to shop their show. I'm going to ask him if he's a. Uh, a, if he's the real Gim from Pulp Fiction, that's my only question <laughs> I'm asking. Um, ask him about the Prime Show. 
All right, I will. But I you can catch that show right here on this channel at 5 p.m. Arizona time. And then check out Absolute Game East of Nerds. Time. You can check that out here or over at Renovision. Make sure to check out an all-new episode of Absolute Game of Nerds dropping on Monday. Go back and check out the last three episodes they've done. It's been an excellent show. Good uh, job, JP. Wanted to talk more about old school comics and collecting those grills. That's the show for you, JP and Rohan, tearing it up over there, letting you know how they're going to get that sweet, seductive, sultry, sought after 181. And if they can do it in 2023. So check out all that great content. Make sure to check out Ish's videos every Tuesday and Wednesday about the new books dropping at not only Fantastic Worlds Comics, but all comic shops near you, your LCSs. Get those new release books. Pick up some old backstock. Join JP and Rohan on your hunt, your hunts for 181. Join us every Friday night when we get you caught up on all the geek, new, geek news and catch us on Saturdays on SNS where we just kick back, have a good time, talk comics, and just let the insanity ensue. There's something so for that, everyone. Yay. So with that being said, <laughs> Here's the 2023. Here's some more content on the channel. Here's to be being more active on the channel. And we'll see you guys. Well, I won't, but they will next time. Don't hit that outro yet. All you freaks and geeks. Come all you freaks and geeks, let's listen to Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek! We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink and some Cosby wine. Hey, hey, hey. We'll Come drink some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. <laughs> See you next time. Ooh. On the absolute.